Thank you for taking time to listen to this sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this message, you are challenged and encouraged by the Word of God and grow in your love for God and love for others. It is God's desire for us to be members of and regularly participate in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you are not attending a local church right now, we encourage you to take that step. If you do live in the North York area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to visit us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings to discern if this is the church God is leading you to. And Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning with our hearts full of gratitude. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the gift of your Son. We thank you for your blood, Father God. We thank you for the blood of your Son that was shed on Calvary for us. We thank you so much, Lord, for what you've done in our lives through your Son and what you continue to do in our lives and in the church, Heavenly Father. At this time, we just pray, committing ourselves to you, Lord. We pray that you will open our our hearts and our ears to receive from you today. We pray, Lord, that we would turn our ears to hear from you that our hearts would be open and would be softened to receive from you today, Heavenly Father, and that we would just take the word that you give us and apply it immediately and with full effect out of love for you, Father God, and out of adoration for you. We thank you so much for what you've done and what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As you're taking your seats, you can turn to Romans 8. We're going to look at verses 18 to 25. But before we begin, I just want to clarify something. Last week when I talked about, um, we're in a series, obviously you guys know on heaven. And I talked about last week, I talked about that in heaven we're going to be rewarded. But something that I didn't say that I want to clarify is that being rewarded is not saying that we have to work for our salvation. Right? We have our salvation. We are in Christ already. Rewards are just icing on the cake. Say it with me. Icing. Icing, icing on the cake. That's all it is. I just want to clarify that. I apologize if I caused any confusion. I, it's a privilege to get to be one of your shepherds, and I take that seriously. So if I ever confuse you, don't be afraid to come and be like, Marv, you confused me. Let's talk about that, all right? So we're looking at Romans 8. And the title of the message today is Heaven, Full Redemption is Coming. Full Redemption is Coming. And you're going to see we're going from 18 uh, to 25. And here's what the text teaches. Here's what I, I want us to go away with from our word today. God will redeem his world and he will redeem his people. When you look, that's right. Amen. When you look at this passage, this is what it is saying. The world is going to be redeemed and his people are going to be redeemed. We have, not, we have fallen into sin. Yes, it's broken, but God has not abandoned his people. He's going to redeem his world and his people. But here's the thing. We have to wait. We have to wait. And waiting is hard, is it not? Don't you feel it? You're standing in line. You're like, why isn't this line moving? Somebody puts you on hold and they put that music on. I hate the hold music. It's the worst. Like, who, who put this together? Give me some reggae, right, Phil? It's going to be 20 minutes. Waiting is hard. Here's, I want to show you a picture. This is a, 
This is a picture of our house. Now, I can see it a little bit clearly than you, but you can see on that side, that's my car in the driveway, but you can see out there, that's a stop sign. You can take a right to go out to the road. Now, last Sunday, Kim was working, so it was just me and the boys, and it was tough, right? Because Kimmy holds it down, right? She is, when she's, not a, when she's away, the boys are looking at me like, oh, man. <laughs> and... We're, 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 we leave the house last Sunday and we get to that, this turn. And Irie's in the back seat and he's like, Dad, when are we gonna get there? I'm like, bro, we just got out the driveway. <laughs> and he's like, I wanna see Sheppy, I hate the seat, I wanna get to Hope Kids. He, 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 he wants, he, he couldn't handle the weight. Now the same way, the same way Irie had to wait, we have to wait. And here's the thing, heaven is worth the wait. It is worth the wait. And, I, and my aim in this message is to show you why. You're like, Mark, okay, it's worth the wait. Tell us why. That's what I want to do. Look at verse 18. It says, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. That word suffering reminds us that life is hard, that life is painful, that life is confusing. People betray each other. People hurt one another. We lose our jaw. It's tough. But I want you to know that it's not forever. And it's in the text. Notice the word. It says, for this present time. If you are translating this directly from the Greek, it would be the, the suffering for this now time. That's how that would literally translate. And 2 Corinthians 4 says, for our momentary light afflictions is producing for us an absolutely incomprehensible, incomparable eternal weight of glory. It's momentary. It's not forever. Here's the thing. Heaven is worth the wait because it's better than our present reality. It's better than what we are going through. And here's... Here's, I'm going to show you for two reasons why. One, one, creation will be redeemed. Creation will be redeemed. Verse 19, for the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In the hope that creation itself will also be set free from bondage to decay into, glorious, into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know the, the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. That word futility should tell you that creation is not working the way it should be. It's not, it hasn't reached its created, its created, its created goal. That's why there's hurricanes. That's why there's landslides, famine, wildfires, earthquakes, flooding, drought, ice storms. Remember that crazy ice storm a couple years ago? I woke up and I was like, the world's ending. <laughs> it's not working the way it should. And here's why. Genesis 3 says, he, this is God, said to the man, because you ate from the tree about which I, com I commanded you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. you know, when you look around and you see some of the things going on in nature, you're like, what, what, what went wrong? This is it. 
It's cursed. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. Humanity's sin broke God's good creation. Genesis, when everything sort of starts in chapter three of Genesis, broke God's good creation. Creation is in a state of frustration. It says that it's subject to futility by God. But that's the, the bad news reality, but I want you to understand that there's good news in the passage. It said that, notice if you look down, it said that it was subjected in hope. Subjected in hope. There is hope, the Bible is telling you, for God's creation. And here's the thing, here's why there's hope. Because this judgment of God comes in the context of hope. You're like, prove it. All right, I'll do that. Genesis 3, 15. The Lord God said to the serpent, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her, her offspring. That's ultimately talking about Jesus Christ. He will strike your head. That's a death blow. And you will strike his heel. See, through the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, he was destroying, I said this already, now say it again because it's important for us to understand the concept of heaven. He was destroying Satan and his work. And when Jesus resurrected from the grave on the third day, what he did was he secured hope for God's creation. He, dis he destroyed that work. This, so in, it's in the context of judgment. There is hope for God's creation. The creation, like the text says, will be set free. God's creation will experience glorious freedom. And notice the text says that creation eagerly waits for this. Do you see that in verse 19? For the creation eagerly waits. If you're, if you're wanting to read your Bible really well, you're gonna notice that phrase, eagerly waits, multiple times. That's why I said, we gotta wait on it. That's what's going on. Eagerly waits. The, the verb here, has the, the idea of like bending your neck to see something. So if you're, again, if you're translating this literally, it's saying creation is craning its neck to see what is coming next. This is like being trapped behind Pastor Sean or Neil in worship. <laughs> right? Stand up, brother. I, this is coming off the, look at this. Neil, I want you to stand up. Look at this. Right? Don't sit behind those guys. You're just, you're bending around, like what, trying to see what is going on. That is what creation is doing. It's craning its neck to see. It's so excited for what God has next. It desperately wants to see. It says that it wants to see the God's sons to be revealed. Andreas Kostenberger said, just to help us understand this. I think it's there for us, Eddie. It's not? You sure? I checked it last night. He is sure. So basically, I'll give it to you, like you never messed up at your job. <laughs> Kostenberger says, creation wants to see the sons of God glorified. Because when we are glorified, creation, see I had it up here, Vivian, you got me, hold me down, will we'll share in that glory. 
So creation wants to see God's sons. He wants to see the children of God fully revealed. I keep thinking it's, it's coming, but it's not. It's like flashing. Because then they will share in that glory. And what that means when creation is fully redeemed, when it's experiencing its full reality, there will be no more natural disasters. That is not going to happen. We won't have to figure out if we need to go live on Mars. That's not going to happen. Animals will get along. Check it if you don't believe me. Isaiah 11.6 makes that clear. We, world leaders won't have to gather after a few years to discuss climate change. How are we going to figure this out? None of that is going to need to happen in a fully redeemed creation. Dry places, Isaiah 55 verse 1 says that they, those places will sprout flowers. It will be beautiful. There will be no drought. None of those things. No famine. None of that is going on. Fully redeemed, fully realized, beautiful. And you are going to be dwelling in it securely. That is what is coming to us. Verse 22 says, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, watch this, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves. Here it is again, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. It says that creation groans. It also says that believers groan. This, is this, 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 this word has this, this, this idea of like an internal sigh, just like, oh, I want this day. I want, creation wants this. We want this. We want this day to come. And here's the thing. This day comes when Jesus returns. And on this day, everything changes. Eddie, tell me we got this verse. Yes, John, put it up there. Tell me you got it. Don't leave me up here. Yes. John 16, 20 to 22 says, Truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but your sorrow will turn to joy. But your sorrow will turn to joy. That's right. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that that person has been born into the world. Give them the next, give them the next slide. So you also have sorrow now. Yes, life is hard now. Yes, there's sorrow now. Yes, sometimes we, we have tears and we struggle and we wonder, is it gonna go on forever? The Bible says, no, it says, but you, I will see you again. Jesus is giving this to the disciples in the context when he's about to give his life and they're gonna wonder, have we, have we, have we trusted in the wrong person? Have we settled ourselves and uh, put our eggs in the wrong basket? He says to them, no, he says, I will see you again. And watch, he says, your hearts will rejoice and no one, will take away your joy from you. Everything will change. In the most difficult moment that they're about to face, he gives them this promise. And then he gives his life to secure this promise. And this promise applies to you who are trusting in Jesus Christ. This is your reality. There's a day coming where no one will be able to take away your joy. Not a single person because it's secured in Christ. And you settle in it made the promise, gave his life to secure the promise. And on this day, when Jesus returns, our bodies will be redeemed. Yeah. 
creation will be redeemed and our bodies will be redeemed. It's right in the scripture. It's right in front of you. It says, it says verse 23, not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. So the text says that we are waiting for adoption. But in verse 21, it says you're a child of God. So it says you're waiting for adoption, but then it also, I'd already told you you're a child of God. You're, what's going on? Right? We, we, again, we want to be a church that reads our Bibles well. So it says that there's this, you're in the family, but then it says you're waiting to be adopted in the, in the family. What this is, is the Holy Spirit trying to teach you the already and not yet reality of being a child of God. You are in the family. We are, we are God's children. But there's this reality that we're not living in the full reality of that. And that there's a day coming where we will, we will experience this fully. Our adoption will be complete. We will be given new and glorified body. The, 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 another, another part of scripture says that the, the, the perishable will put on the imperishable. And what this means for us, we gotta take this in. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, there's no more cancer. There's no more aching joints. Your pastor won't have to suffer for giving his life to football. The body will be redeemed. There's no more chemical imbalances. There's no more physical disabilities. We won't have to get vaccines and booster shots. Nobody's gonna be talking about that. There'll be no diabetes. There'll be no insomnia. You'll be able to sleep and sleep peacefully. There'll be no death. Everything will be right and everything will work right. That is what you are going to. That is your reality. But before we move on, I want to give you another thing because this is important for your soul. Notice that the text tells you the right way to think about yourself. You're like, where? It tells you you're a child of God. You are a child of the king. And sometimes preachers can get up and they can kind of communicate that, you know, your father's just watching you and he's watching you hoping that you mess up. And he's watching you with anger and he's watching you with frustration. But let me tell you this, you are in Christ. Your father is watching you with love in his eyes. He is rejoicing over you. Your father is watching you as a proud father. And all he wants from you every day is for you to continue to make him proud. When the scripture says walk in obedience, that's just God saying, go ahead, Neil, and make me proud. Go ahead, Sabrina, and make me proud. Go ahead, Lori, and make me proud. You are mine. Go ahead, Kaminda, and make me proud. Go ahead, Eddie, and make me proud. You are my child. I want you to do right. And there's a day coming where he will look at you and say, beloved, come and inherit the kingdom that I've prepared for you before the foundation of the world. He loves you. And he's, he's, he, he rejoices 
over you. He looks on you with joy. And don't let anybody tell you different. You're a child of the king. Bodies will be glorified. Verse 24 says, now in this hope we were saved. But hope that is not seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, here it is again, we eagerly wait for it with patience. Yes, we have to wait. Now I want you to notice that the word hope is used five times in those verses. Six times, I believe, in the whole passage. I I tried to count. Now, when we use the word hope, we use it all, we use it completely differently than how the Bible uses it. We hope that when we come to church on Sunday, we find a parking spot, right? I see you out there turning, backing it up. We hope to find a parking spot. We, 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 we hope that we get a certain gift at Christmas. I remember when I was going out the, the, the day to, to buy Kim's engagement ring, it was, I was sort of hanging out with a friend the, the night before, and, I, and he was like, why don't you marry that girl? And he's like, tomorrow I'm coming to pick you up, and I'm taking you to buy a wedding ring. And we, we did that. He showed up at the house. I was like, I thought you were lying. <laughs> and we're in the, the diamond shop, and I turned to him and I said, I hope she says yes. I mean, your boys fly, but you don't know. <laughs> I hope she says yes. And then I remember, because she, she was in school at the time, I had the ring under the car seat. And, we, and then I picked her up from school and we were driving around and we went to like a few spots because... Some of you guys know Kim and I, we were, we've been dating, we've known each other since high school. And we're driving around, and, I'm, and all, the whole time in the car, I'm still like, I hope she says yes. I hope she says yes. But again, when the Bible uses the word hope, it's not talking about something that's a possibility. It's talking about something that is guaranteed. It's talking about something that is sure. It's talking about something that is locked in. That it's guaranteed to come to you. Now, 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 why is our redemption guaranteed? I want to tell you why. Verse 23, because we have the Spirit as the first fruits. The Holy Spirit that resides in you is the down payment. It's the promise of God that your salvation will be complete. See, God's not like us. We start stuff and we don't finish it. Right, a bunch of you got books at home right now. You're like, I'm like 12 chapters, three, three chapters in and I'm out. God's not like that. He, when he starts something, he completes it. He who began a good work in you, the text says, will bring it to completion. The Holy Spirit's presence in you is a guarantee that God is going to finish his work. And so you gotta understand this. All creation will experience transformation. We broke it, but God will fix it. He's going to do the work. And it says that we wait for this eagerly with patience. Now, this, this word patience has the idea of endurance. Just holding on, persevering through something. Like when Vivian's running marathons, just endurance. Pers- I'm talking, you're right in my line of sight. 
persevering as we go. Now here's the thing, you're like, all right, we gotta wait. But what can we, what can we do as we endure? What, what can we do as we wait? Here's, if, here's, here's a couple, I'm gonna give you four. If you're suffering physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, speak, share. Share with, share with the, the pastors of our church. Share with people who you, who you know and trust so that we can be a source, that's coming, don't worry, a source of help and support to you. How about this? When natural disasters hit, do what you can to help out. Do what you can to participate from, from wherever you are. And this next one, be wise with your life and body. Yes, we're gonna get a new body, that's true, but right now you, could, you should still take care of the temple that God has given you. So be wise with your body. And then this one, listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God because what he says helps us endure. Here, I'm just gonna review it for us. This is how God helps us to endure the weight. By giving us the gift of prayer. And you can look these up. And helping us as we pray. Prayer is, the, is this gift. It's a burden lifter. It's, it's where we can cast all of our cares upon God. And we say, you care for me. So I'm giving this to you. I'm asking you to take it over. I'm asking you to carry it because I cannot carry it myself. We humble ourselves and pray and ask God for help. And when you watch, the, the scripture says that when we pray, the spirit helps us in our praying. The spirit says, this is what you should be praying for. And he, he lifts his voice to God on our behalf. God helps us endure by telling us that he is always working for our good. In the suffering, in the struggle, we need to continue to remember that God is using this in beautiful ways in my life, even though I cannot see it. And sometimes he's, the way I'm responding, he is using that to minister to other people. And he's preparing you to be a source of comfort and help to somebody else. Let's get the next one. By promising that our salvation will be complete. And by reminding us that nothing, nothing can separate us from his love. Heaven is the final destination. There will be full redemption. And here's the thing. You are in the hand of God. You are his child and nothing can snatch you from his hand. You're gonna get home. You're gonna make it to the other side. You're gonna see your father face to face. And on that day, no one will be able to take your joy from you. And so you endure. You hold on, but you don't just, you don't just, just get up today and say, I'm gonna endure. No, you ask the Lord to give you strength to endure. And then you go to the word and let the Lord remind you of what he has said to you. And then you take steps of faith, trusting that your father is looking on you with love and that he is going to empower you and strengthen you to keep the faith. Let's stand and pray. Father, we give you glory because you are worthy of it. You are thoughtful, you are wise, you are good. You give us, Lord, a word 
And I don't know exactly how each person needed it today, but I pray that you would have met them, Father, in the places that they need. Help us to know, Lord God, that yes, suffering is a part of our reality here. And, and, and this has been a couple years now of just ups and downs for our church, for people in our city, for believers and unbelievers. But God, this word right here tells us that things are not going to be this way forever. That there is change coming. And so God, we thank you for this word that should help us to endure. This reminder, Lord God, that you are going to redeem your world, that you are going to redeem your people, that we are part of that promised reality. Help us, God, to even now have joy in our hearts. Tears are temporary, but joy is our permanent reality. Father, would you help us to hold on to the faith? And would our faith come from hearing the word? having that increase help us to trust you to be settled Lord in your goodness in your promises there's a day coming where your son will open the scroll and all our names will be in the Lamb's book of life and there's only going to be more life help us to hold on we pray in Jesus name amen For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit hopetorontonorth.com.